2: You get your rest after the uh, drive back, rolling with Roland and the Landers Chevy? I'm okay. I'm a
3: little bit grumpy, but I'll get yeah. caught up on sleep as the week goes along. I
2: do have to admit, I felt bad. I think part of that is my fault. No, 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 no. Because during your radio show, when you were going to guess the spread this morning, I thought you said you just wanted it, and it knocked on the window and <laughs> held it up to TJ. So I felt really responsible for that. He's got to pay attention better. It's than- <laughs> not on you. <laughs> Not on the Oh man. So what did we learn today during the Lincoln Rally presser that just wrapped up? What did we learn? Um I here can I throw one thing? Yeah, here? go for it. I don't think we're taking enough time to appreciate nineteen straight road wins. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it really mean, exactly. is. Exactly. It, it's
3: really, you know. Um you need to, if you aren't if you haven't or if you aren't a Sooner fan who has had the opportunity to go to a road game. Um, or if you haven't done it in a while, you know, you should try. Because it is a difficult environment. When you're going to somebody else's town, somebody else's stadium, you know, 60,000 people in the crowd and they're throwing things at you, and it's hard to get calls on the road, and it's hard to win road games, man. And to do it 19 straight times. You know, I was thinking about us, Chris, since we started um, calling games. Not just in the Big Twelve. Right. I mean, you, you could say, well, that maybe. I mean, maybe you could say, well, that's a sign the conference hasn't been very good. Which, I don't know. I could argue with you on that. But just think about the big non-conference games that OUS had in the last eight years. Okay, went to Florida State, one. Went to Notre Dame, one. Went to Tennessee, and one, and went to Ohio State, and one. And I think only one of those is in the nineteen game streak, I think. So it's unbelievable what they've done when they've put on the white jerseys around here, that's for sure. So And to get uh, to
2: twenty it'd be something pretty special because that's gonna be a oh, tough one. Yeah, Not to get caught that. up looking ahead. Yeah. Bedlam's this weekend in Kansas. A little post Thanksgiving treat we got in front of us, oh, maybe.
3: Yeah. Maybe.
2: Yeah, yeah. But uh yeah, I just I think sometimes we want the perfect game as fans, and I have no problem with it. You've taught me a lot about this because I spend too much time getting mad at reaction. I really do. And I have this whole mindset of, they won. I loved what Ruffin McNeil said. Hey, take, give me my one-point win regardless. Weird things happen. In I, Randy LaFoon and I were having a conversation this morning, and I said to him, what do you think of the game? Randy uh, runs our radio station here in Norman. So what do you think of the game? He goes, About par for the course whenever you go to Lubbock, isn't it? Crazy things happen down there. And Ted said it in the post-game. I'm name-dropping like crazy here. Survive and advance. There you go. I think it
3: all depends on perspective. I I was thinking about it after my show this morning because we talked a lot about it. I could totally see, understand how if you are a fan watching the game in your living room and you're also watching a lot of other college football on Saturday. In fact, you're flipping around during commercial breaks.
2: Probably seeing Alabama, LSU.
3: Alabama's dominating LSU. Michigan is dominating Penn State. Notre Dame, I wouldn't say dominated, but they took care of business on the road. I could see why there would be some frustration that OU is struggling to get by Texas Tech. Makes sense. Makes total sense. Hadn't to thought me. of it that way. Um, that was not our perspective. <laughs> our perspective is in the eye of the tornado. <laughs> Where you're in the stadium, you're not paying attention to anything else going on in the rest of college football other than what happened earlier in the day, perhaps. And you're, you are you know, I, I'm going to be as nice as I possibly can. It's a tough atmosphere in Lubbock. um, And, and, and the, the, the fans are into it. And, and that's to their credit. I mean, they're really into it. And there were some calls that didn't go their way on Saturday night and they got in a fourteen nothing hole and at some point, you know, you just say hey, forget style points. Let's get out of here with a win. Let's survive somehow tonight because there's a lot not going well. The offense is, is ugly. The uh special teams has made some mistakes. They're getting bad penalties. There's calls that aren't going their way. The defense is struggling a little bit. Just find a way to get a win and let's get out of here. And so that's our perspective. And then afterwards, the two sides all meet up and sometimes they don't see eye to eye and they should have been better and whatever. So whatever. I mean, listen, they need to be better. They got to be. They're not going to beat. Uh, Final Four team, they're not going to get to the Final Four They're not going to win the Big 12, they're not going to win in West Virginia Maybe not win Saturday If they don't play better than they did Saturday They can't put themselves in a 14-0 hole They can't be having a rash of 15-yard penalties They can't be giving up 350 yards passing To every quarterback that comes along They're not going to get where they want to go this year Unless they get better That being said, what was the number one thing You could not do Saturday night? Lose Lose Number one, above all else, they could not lose or they were eliminated, and they didn't. They found a way to win.
2: I think we could wrap it up here if we wanted. <laughs> we got got a couple more minutes we need to get to. Bedlam is this weekend. If you missed the announcement or have been living under a rock, we'll go at 2.30. we got the sixth day on Kansas. Um, you know, I don't know. Did you get much feedback on the TV broadcast this past weekend? A little bit. Uh we should remind people because I've noticed this on Twitter a little bit. Gay put something out, so our Twitter feeds have blown up. Um, we're not two plays behind, so it's not like we have. I, li- I really think there is some people that are concerned that we're actually behind what's going on. I think, I think <laughs> we're uh, well, okay. The, this is a
3: good place to help people out yeah, a little absolutely. bit. Absolutely,
2: that's why I brought it up. You are okay with this? You are
3: usually ahead, right? Um, if you are listening to us on a radio station we're going to be ahead of your television signal. And it's by an undetermined amount of time. It depends on how long it takes satellite signals to head satellites, how many stations it's going through before it gets back to you. It's going to vary week to week. But if you're listening to us on radio, we're going to be ahead of your TV. Uh, So here is, there's two ways, if you are interested in listening to us, but you still want to watch the broadcast and you wish there was a way it would sync up, there's two ways you can do that. One is there's actually a radio they sell called the Sport Sync Radio. You can Google it online. It's a radio with a delayed dial on it. So you find our broadcast on your favorite radio station. Then you can make it delayed 5 seconds, 8 seconds, 12 seconds, whatever it is, until it matches your television. That's option one. Last I looked, it's like 50 or 60 bucks. The technology, I understand, is getting better, so they're better and better as the year goes along. Option two is listening to a streaming on either – on TuneIn, on the TuneIn app. Get the app on your phone or your home computer and listen to the radio broadcast on the TuneIn app. That's going to be behind your television. It's coming at a slower rate than your television signal is. I can't get into all of the
2: – I mean, we could, but
3: – We won't. <laughs> and then what you can do is pause your TV to make it match up because you've all got the – you know, we all got the DVRs and stuff. You pause your TV make make it match up with the radio. Thousands of people are doing this, either one or the other. The second method I shared with you is becoming increasingly popular ways for people to sync up. It's, it's really easy. Just stream it on your phone, hit the app, boom, it's on your phone, and then you hit the pause button on your TV until it's matched up. Boom, voila, magic. We're in sync with the television broadcast, and you don't have to listen to whichever TV broadcasters are driving you crazy. Or watch TV. <laughs> but, I, but I hope... But I hope you'll choose us. <laughs>
2: it was funny. Let me
3: tell you why you should. Okay? Can I, can I no, jump in here? Hey, go, go. If the play-by-play guy is overcomable, if 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 I don't annoy you too much, which is highly understandable why you would be annoyed. Stop. The insight, expertise, information that Teddy Lehman, Gabe Eichert, oh. and Chris Plank, and Merv Johnson are giving you is so Light years beyond what you're getting on the television broadcast, it's not even funny. Listening to Teddy break down what our defense is doing and trying to do and adjustments that are, are needing to be made. Listening to Gabe Iker do the same thing on the offensive side of the ball. The inside information that Chris has on the sidelines and what the offense is trying to do, defense is trying to do. Injury information, all that kind of stuff. And the expertise of Merv Johnson. And the knowledge of our team and how they play on a week-in and week-out basis compared to whatever TV guy flew in two days ago and is acting like he knows our team is night and day. So if you can overcome me, <laughs> I, I promise you're going to say, mm, I, "I, this is the way I want to take in the game from now on.
2: Well, nobody's going to be more excited when good things happen to the Sooners than you, Toby. So that, I am a bit excitable we, at we, times. We'll take that. And I'll add this. I mean, Teddy's so good. That I'm, and Gabe, Gabe's right there too, both of them, but I'll just use Teddy as an example because we are talking with Kenneth Murray. You know, I'm dropping questions to him about defending a dig route and the challenges of having a, a, a slant patterning in front of you and how, where your depth needs to be as a linebacker. I mean, I would like to think I would be smart enough to understand that, watching it by myself. But I truly was able to ask a somewhat relevant and intelligent question based on our radio broadcast and what Teddy had laid out and the challenges for the Sooners on Saturday night and things that you know that Oklahoma State's going to do and Kansas is going to try to do and West Virginia is definitely going to do to try to score points against us. So, yeah, it's pretty unmatched. Gabe did have a very unique sideline report on helping out Carson Meyer.
3: Um, oh, yeah, wow, how about that? Yeah, that was that, almost too much information. That,
2: was, that, was, that bordered on TMI, but it was really fun. And now... I mean, I I made this comparison today, getting back to what Oklahoma has left. Look at it almost like the NCAA tournament, if you will. You just won your first round game. Here's your second round game, round of 32 tonight. Sweet 16 against – tonight, listen to me. Coming up against Oklahoma State. Sweet 16 is Kansas. Elite eight is West Virginia. Final four then would be your Big 12 championship game. You get to keep playing – for all the marbles if you continue to win. And then, boom, I say championship game, but you're in the 14 playoff if you win. Probably. What you would hope, right? Yeah. Unless you have a wild series of events where you have these three teams finish undefeated ahead of them and maybe Michigan run the table as well, too. That'd be
3: about it. Survive and advance. Amen. Uh, as as a great wise man once said, just win, baby. He right? was a very wise man. <laughs> no, I mean, that's <sighs> – uh, and, and I, I don't mean to brush aside things that have to improve, and nobody does, but that's the bottom line. Find a way to win the game. There is an element of beauty pageant in college football. There's an element of knowing a committee is passing judgment on you at the end of the day, and if you've got the same number of losses as somebody else, you want to look better than them. So all of that factors in. But it doesn't matter. None of that matters if you don't win the game. And so, you know, Oklahoma State is a scary team, in my opinion, because they've been so erratically inconsistent this year. And they've looked great, great at times, like Boise State and Texas. And then they've had games um, like when they went to Manhattan, when they got smoked at home by Texas Tech, where they've looked – not good at all. And so, which one of those two teams do you think we're getting on Saturday? I mean, we're probably getting the great one, right? right. I mean, they, you know, it's Bedlam, and they're going to be geared up, and winning in Norman is something they've done before. So, uh, that's what makes them a little scary. They've got uh, a quarterback who runs hot and cold, and you hope he doesn't hit you on a hot day. But he's got a ton of skill position talent around him. Justice Hill and Tylan Wallace and Chuba Hubbard and King and on and on and on. Um, and their defense has made plays. They've been, you know, there's been games this year where you've been able to get after them, but they got a ton of sacks, and they're capable of making plays. So, not it's Bedlam, you know, it's Bedlam, so it'll be a fun atmosphere.
2: All right, man. Um, I'm excited. you got basketball. Oh, no, basketball's on the road. That's
3: right. Week, I'll so. be watching like everybody else this weekend. I'll be a nervous wreck. Hi. Friday night, season opener.
2: Awesome, man. By the way, Toby's a warrior. We had three guys ready to drive whole way.
3: The conversation was too good. I was wide awake. I was ready to let you drive on the way home if I got tired. But it was, we were no, just never low. We were chopping it up. We never took a commercial break.
2: We were no. like a uh, Sirius XM man. We just went. That's for right. Quite a while. But it was
3: fun. I, I like traveling with you guys. Kudos. It's a lot to you. of fun.
2: Thanks to Landers Auto Group. Thanks to Love's Travel Stop as well too. Um, I'll be taking the solo road trip coming up in- and. <laughs> You're not going solo, oh, no, I am not going solo. <laughs> that is for certain, but uh we'll talk about that more next week. Have a good week, toby See you, bud. <laughs> Lincoln rally press conferences right now coming
1: off another really really tough win uh I think a you know a game we all felt like was going to be tough uh looking back on it, really, really proud of our fight. you know there's a lot of times in that game you could have you could have turned the other direction and we didn't do it we we fought through, even when we really didn't have our best. Honestly, on all three sides, we, uh, you know, some some disappointing things throughout the game. Certainly, the some of the penalties, uh, some of the execution, uh, really on both sides of the ball. Thought we had some opportunities to to separate in the game. Obviously, had an opportunity to get off to a great start after we came out and stopped them defensively. Um, so. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those that's a, li- a little bittersweet. Mo- it's mostly great because wins are hard. Wins on the road against good teams and great environments are really, really tough. Uh we all know the history of us playing in Lubbock and how there's a long history here well before well before I was here of of, you know, very tough competitive games. Always a, a really difficult place to play and and then when you add in the you know, compound it with the mistakes we made early, uh to to get out of there with the win was great. Uh, we certainly know we're going to have to take some big steps as a team. Uh going to have to play cleaner, going to have to play better here going forward, but you know, this time of year you just got you got to win and uh, that's what we've been able to do and uh if we've put ourselves in good position, you know, made this upcoming game with Oklahoma State, very important as it's been, you know, for the last several years. I know that I've been here and, and then obviously it's a, a huge game, just the rivalry, regardless of team's records, regardless of what you've done. It's an it's important game. It's an important game for the state. It's been a very important game on the national scene for the last several years. Um, and it's going to be an, an important game for us here uh, as well. I'm uh, excited about another You know, great kickoff time, going to have a lot of, uh, should be a great uh, environment, going to have a lot of great recruits here. So um, it's definitely one of our, you know, one of our marquee games year in and year out. Look forward to playing those guys. Um, You know, they're, you know, they're, they're an interesting team right now. Very, very talented. They're, you know, just a a, a play here, there away from probably having the kind of year that that they would want to be having right now. Um, But you know, still playing at a high level. And, uh, you know, I think offensively, you know, it starts with Justice Hill. You know, I've got a tremendous amount of respect for him. You know, we've had a lot of battles against him over the years. Uh, he's a tremendous football player, easily one of the best running backs in the country. Um, and they, they've done a great job continuing to get him involved. And he's he's just, he's tremendous. Um, receiver Tylen Wallace obviously stands out as well. It has been great for them all year. Been one of the one of the best receivers in this league and in the country uh, this year makes play after play uh, just absolutely playing outstanding uh, defensively. We know the you know obviously brought in a new defensive coordinator with coach Knowles who 's done a nice job with that group. You know the thing I would say that really stands out right now is you know the amount of pressure that they 've got on the quarterback you know they 've got several guys with 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 you know big sack numbers um, obviously the Brailford kid is is you know one of the top guys in the country right now, both. Uh, in sacks and in tackles for loss, but they've got other guys too that have created pressure. Um, you know, and really, it, it's a group that you know we 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 know most of these guys. You know, we haven't hadn't played against the quarterback yet, uh, but we've played you know against a number of their skill guys, a number of their linemen, several of the defensive players have, have been playing quite a bit of ball for them for the last several years. So. It's a group we know well, a group we have a ton of respect for, uh, both the players. Uh, Coach Gundy and his staff have obviously done a tremendous job there. And uh, so we're, we're looking forward to it. Bedlam's one of, the, one of the great games that there is, one of the great, intense rivalry, uh, one that our, our guys always look forward to, uh, and certainly excited to have it here in Norman this year. Um, uh, so with that, we'll, we'll go questions.
0: Officiating, uh, is it hard for you to tell your players What's going to be an unsportsmanlike penalty if things aren't clear? I don't know if you – West Virginia got uh, flagged uh, for giving the in uh, isn't that kind of silly?
1: Yeah, it's – you know, I think the thing that we've all got to do is, you know, we've got to com- continue to communicate with the league office. Um, but when you, when you have penalties like unsportsmanlike that are subjective, when you put yourself in those situations – it's not always going to get called but sometimes it is and so as players as as, first as us coaching them and then as our players uh, act or respond to things on the field you know they they got to know where the lines are Um, you know we certainly ask for consistency we know that the officials aren't perfect you know I think one of the Big problems, and this is a little bit more big picture right now for our officials, and it's conversations we've had with our, with our group and we're on the same page with, is we've got these guys looking at so many things right now that, you know, I think we're putting them in a tough to position to, to maybe call all the big calls right. And, uh, you know, when you got officials worried about if a guy's knee pads are down, I mean, how are you going to call that? And then also worry about if a lineman's three yards down the field, if he grabbed them here, if the horn's down. is, is a, I mean, there's just so much stuff. We've continually put more and more on these officials. And I think we're seeing some of the negative results of that, too, right now. And so uh, I think there's a big picture some things that we've got to look at. Um, but back to your question, I mean, the subjective calls. You, you just can't put yourself in that position. And uh, that's, you know, so we're working, you know, to be on the same page with our league. They've done a good job communicating with us and we've all got to do a better job going forward. A, of being on the same page, and then we've got to respond to how it's going to be called.
0: Okay, so Kirsten. Yeah, can uh, the offensive line seems to really be coming into, its, into hitting its stride here late in the season. What, what is, I know you go way back with him, but what is it about Bill that has made him the, the great line coach that he is.
1: Yeah, he just he doesn't there's just not much, you know, that that you would say is a weakness of his. I mean he, he recruits well, uh he's he's hard on him, he develops a, a tough mentality, uh he understands the the technique, you know, he really develops his players, but also understands the schemes. Um and you know, we all work well together. And so it's uh it's 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 been a great thing for our linemen. It's it's like we've started a a really good cycle there and it kind of just keeps it keeps going it kind of keeps feeding off itself I mean our our linemen almost all the time are the guys that never miss anything that kind of do all the stuff right off the field and it tends to show up on the field uh, as well so the consistency been able to get good players guys that have bought in um, attitude I mean he's done a great job with all that. I know you're
0: obviously calling the plays. Is he a guy you think would would be an offensive coordinator, a of play caller down the road? I um, think he
1: certainly could. I mean, I think he's a plenty good enough coach. I think we've got several guys on our staff that 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 can and will be if they if they choose. And so uh, I I don't I wouldn't put anything past him. I mean, he's one of the best there is. And if if that's something he desires, I think he absolutely could.
2: Uh, going back to penalties now do you still send clips to the league if there's something maybe you disagree with yes do you feel satisfaction when maybe you you were the right person or you made the right call does the when the league gets back with you
1: a little bit you know it doesn't doesn't help you in the game uh but yeah i mean there were some there's some each week you know there's some calls that that there's always some calls that that they missed um sometimes they're ones that benefited us, um so th- those go both ways, but you get in some instances like the one on c d you know they came back and said the first one you know shouldn't have been shouldn't have been a penalty, which we knew, and the guy thought he kicked him, which any you go back and watch the replay he clearly did not um so there's some like that that you' glad you don't overreact to in the moment um uh but yeah there there was a few uh both ways um we were we were we were fortunate that a few weren't called on us that were missed, and there was a couple that were called on us that, you know, that I guess this game they were a little more highlighted because they were just such big plays. You know, they were critical. You know, like Motley's interception. I mean, they were just, they just kind of happened. It was just kind of the way the night went. They happened to be on major critical plays where the ball went that way, and they were game-changing type plays that, you know, ended up going, you know, going against us, but that that's part of football, you know, it's, you know, we're going to get mad and do all this and that, but we got to keep on playing and our players have got to keep playing. We got to keep coaching and, and our, that's one thing probably throughout the night, I thought our, our team stayed in it, you know, and, and kept swinging. And, and that's probably the thing I'm most proud of from that game and, and ultimately the reason we won. John um, Lincoln, this is obviously a big emotional game uh, every year and both teams are coming off games you know, where at times players lost their poise. Both teams committed personal foul penalties in, in bad situations. Is this something that you you want to maybe have concern about? You
2: know, you need to talk to your guys about having poise. You know, it's going to get hairy out there, so have
1: some poise. Uh, is that a concern this week? You going to talk to them about that? Oh yeah, no, it's something. You know, we said after the game that we absolutely have to do better. There was you know, a couple of them that were just, you know, that were just bad on our part. And, of course, this game's going to be intense. There's going to be, you know, emotions are going to be high like they should be in this game, but we've got to, we've certainly got to manage it and do a better job and not not give a good football team uh, any extra yards. Do guys, just as a follow-up, do do guys sometimes, certain players will, more than others probably, try to get under the opponent's skin, try to draw them out, try to uh, get them, you know, out of their head or whatever? Sure, it's 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 gamesmanship. I mean you see that you see that each week, certainly. Um, but you know, I think I think for the most part you have to be able to respond the right way and, and you've got to understand that no matter what somebody does something to you, no matter what they say, you've got to you gotta keep the, the bigger goals in mind. You gotta keep the team in mind and, and if you play well and can win the game then that that's way better than any type of retaliation you could do that could potentially hurt the team.
0: Lincoln Robert Barnes played really well the last three games. Was he ready like this when the season first started, or has just just been a natural progression for him? I would say
1: more of a progression. Um, you know, he missed a he missed a lot of spring. You know, he's missed a lot of time here health wise. So I think it's for him. It's I think we all felt like a matter of time, but he needed just to. Consistently be out there and have a chance to improve, and so I think he's done that. And then I think over the last several weeks, his confidence is growing. I mean, you can see that he's he's playing faster. You know, understanding you know what we want, what Coach Cooks, uh, you know, is is uh, is is expecting in the back end right now. And uh, and then his confidence is growing as a playmaker. I mean, you really saw him trigger on some plays. Made some nice plays in coverage. Uh, he's had some nice open field tackles. And he can still continue to get a lot better. But he's he's making a lot of big plays. And uh, so it's fun to see a, a young safety like that step up for us. Coach, wondering about your defense uh, against the quarterback run game. Corndog has had some success doing that against Texas. And, of course, uh, Erlinger had some success against you guys. Now, how do you look at that in terms of what they what their threat is? And is it similar to what Texas does? Uh, in some ways uh, nobody's exactly like uh it is in some ways i think uh you know i think we've taken some steps we did a better job on it uh in the kansas state game certainly another team that that features that we've you know and that, it's going to be a big key to this game i wouldn't say just the quarterback run game but just the run game as a whole and and the the quarterback is certainly a big part of that you know they do a good job of keeping him involved with it uh making you making you account for him as well but you know, they've ran the ball well this year. You know, they got a couple good backs, you know, very good offensive line, a quarterback that can run. I think they're averaging 200 rushing yards a game uh, right now. And then that's something that we've done extremely well here for the last several weeks as we have stopped the run. And so that, that'll, be, that'll be a big part of the game without a doubt As you know, we've got to do a good job controlling it because these guys are as talented and as creative as anybody will play in the run game.
2: Yeah, uh, given the injuries he's had at running back, first to Anderson, then to Sutton, how good is it to know now that you've got a guy that you can hand the ball to 26 times, who was as good at the end as he was at the beginning?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think we felt like that was there. I don't know that it was a surprise, but I do. I, I've been proud of the way that that room has responded, you know, and it's responded exactly like we think the running back room at Oklahoma should respond. You know, we. We know we got to have a lot of great players in that room. They 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 get a lot of tremendous opportunities. Um, but there's a long-standing history of of greatness from that room, and that expectation's there regardless of who's who it is, who's hurt, you know, who, whoever we're playing with. That's the expectation. And so Jay uh, Boer's done a great job developing those guys. You know, especially those guys that you know you know especially been proud of the development. You know, and Trey's gotten better without a doubt, and he was fabulous the other night. But you know Kennedy Brooks, the way T.J. Pledger has developed. You know those those guys' development has been huge, and we're, we're going to need those two as well going forward.
0: Lincoln in the game, as you talked about, you had ebbs and flows on the defensive side. You know Motley's, you know interference and you know, the, you know, the interceptions early, giving you bad field position. So how how well did you really feel like your defense played in the game against Tech?
1: We were okay. You know we we were okay. Uh, we weren't kind of like we were on all three sides of the ball. We weren't we weren't great. We weren't terrible. We were somewhere in between. And uh, we were tough. We played really, really hard. We had some game-changing plays. I mean, Barnes picking that off and returning it all the way back was tremendous. Um, You know, we had, uh, you know, Motley had a couple good plays on the ball. I mean, we made some big, big plays in the game. We played really hard, and we did a lot of things well, but we didn't. We weren't as good as we need to be, and as good as we can be. And uh, so, some, some mistakes, some things we got to do better. A couple too many explosive plays, which is something we've really done a good job with here the last several weeks. That we need to we need to do better. Um, uh, so, uh, you know, solid, okay, not 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 our expectation level. It's kind of the same way it was offensively. We need to play much better.
0: Yeah, what does it say about Kyler's
2: resolve that he threw a couple early picks and then came back pretty flawless the rest of the game?
1: Yeah, yeah you know, he hung in there. He was he was tough. He was um, mentally into it, not phased at all. Um, you know, he handled it like a got's been there a lot, probably handled it like a guy's actually been there more than he really has. Um so he never had any concern. He was confident, um and honestly probably after the two picks was probably as well as he's played, uh, period, uh, this year.
2: Lincoln, you talked about confidence with Robert
3: Barnes. Has it been similar for uh, Grant Calcutta on the other side of the ball, especially as it relates to him holding on to, to catches through contact like he did on Saturday night?
1: Yeah, no, I think he's he's really stepped up. He's had kind of an up-and-down year, you know. He's had... He's missed a couple of, you know, basically entire games, you know, due to injuries and, uh, you know, Baylor and and I guess Texas, you know, missed the majority of those games. And so he's taken some shots this year. Um, He's been tough for us. Um, But yeah, no, I think there was a lot of confidence, you know, especially he made the great one handed catch there that kind of got us going a little bit was a tremendous play. And then uh, hanging on to the other scene ball, you know, where he took a pretty good shot. Those are big plays, you know. Those are the tough plays that you need from from your tight ends, from your bigger bodies. That's what we count on him for. And, and uh, but I would I would agree. I think his confidence is growing, and I know Kyler's got a lot of confidence in him as well.
0: Jason, well, Lincoln, I know it's a big recruiting weekend for you guys. When, when I'm sure you were relieved it wasn't an 11 a.m. kick. Is yeah. is 2:30? Uh, does 2:30 still work for that, or do, oh, is yeah. it best when it's
1: at night? No, I can't complain. After the string of 11s, I can't complain about 2:30. Um, not 2:30 helps. Uh, it's a lot easier to get you know get everybody here, especially the guys that are playing. You know, a lot of our guys now are playing playoff games. Um, you know, or, or you know, end of season games, and so you know, it's it's we're able to get people here. Um, you know, it can make for a little bit of an early morning for some of those people, but not not anything like 11. So, no, it's good to good to have that. Wish we could find out a lot sooner than six days. That would be helpful. Um, I hear we're on another one for Kansas. So, but that's uh, that's you know, we'll take the 2:30 all day long. Rodney announced late last week he's going to enter the NFL draft. Just your thoughts on that and what he's meant to the program the last 40 years. Yeah, he's tremendous. I mean, I. We had some great conversations with him here over the last several weeks and, and uh didn't you know didn't disagree at all with his decision. I mean, I think there's no doubt he's a good enough player. Uh could he could have continued to get better here and use the development? Sure anybody could. But, you know, with the quality of player he is and then obviously with his with his injury history, you know, it just when you looked at the whole picture it, it made sense. And uh so we we get it. We're very supportive of him. Uh, we've got a tremendous uh, kind of crop of running backs right now in the NFL that are doing great things, and I think he'll do nothing but add to that. I'm thankful we had him for as long as we did here.
2: Uh, you know, Trey last year had three solid games before Rodney really emerged the second half of the season. Did you sense, if not for Rodney, he could have carried that? And do you see, being a year older, he can maintain that through the second half of this season?
1: Talking about Trey. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think he can. Uh, I think his confidence is growing. You know, it's you know he kind of was the closer role for us last year, and it's you know he he's he's a confident kid right now. He's playing well. He's playing better than he did last year. Um, you know, more explosive, more experienced. Um, you know, and then I think continuing to be able. I know we kind of got in a deal where he had a lot of carries the other night, but through the year, being able to keep him fresh because we do have a lot of trust in in Kennedy and TJ right now as well. Is is a positive, um, but yeah, no, I mean he's a, he's a horse man. I mean he to have the injury he had against TCU, be back as quickly as he has, and then look like he did the other nights. You know, it's pretty impressive. So he's he's uh, his ceiling's still quite a bit higher too. So that's
0: that's a good part
1: about it. Well, we're going to
0: Myers. Uh, kind of stand with Trey. I know back in the spring he talked about improving his speed. It looks like he cuts better. Just talk about where he was last year, where he's kind of like a guy that the first guy couldn't bring him down. Looks like he's a little bit more mobile and can make that move. Yeah,
1: no, that's been a that's been a focus point. You know, uh, was a focus point from the staff, uh, and then as we got Coach Wiley in here and and you know started to work on continue to work on Trey's body and kind of where we thought he could be. That's definitely. It's been something we've put in front of him. We've trained him that way and he's responded. Yeah, he's definitely moving better. I mean, no question about it. His body's better. Um, he's in better shape. Quickness, speed, all that has absolutely improved and, and will continue to improve too. But the great thing is he's been able to get better at that without sacrificing the physicality, you know, and that's kind of what separated him in the beginning. So I think you're starting to see what he can do with both right now
0: coach uh, Austin Seibert going up the record books
3: can you talk about his
2: leg strength and were you ever hesitant to use
1: them in in all three uh yeah what a deal I mean to be the all-time NCAA record holder you know as far as extra points I mean there's been a lot of guys kick extra points in college football you know and he's he's had more than anybody so that's a Compliment to him, the holders and snappers that he's had, the field goal protection, the the team that's been able to score points. I mean, that's a great thing. Uh, I'm happy for Austin. Uh, sure, I've definitely been hesitant with it. Uh, you'd you'd rather not do it, but he's so good at all three that then and knowing the kid, you know, his psyche, uh, his mental toughness, his work ethic. Uh, you would be concerned with most guys, but he's been able to do it at an extremely high level. And uh, so he's been tremendous for us. Then also this year too, becoming a team captain, you know, and that's rare for a kicker. I mean, it's rare for a specialist to be able to do that. And so he's he's had a big impact on this team, both on and off the field. Coach, wondering your thoughts on the Hollywood Brown deep ball that it looked like he caught the ball and took several steps and didn't uh, <laughs> didn't get back on it was there a teaching moment there or can you just describe your thought yeah no he he, you know he he caught it um and I think was trying to get it tucked away and as he as he caught it and was going to the tuck you know keep in mind at that point he's probably moving about 25 miles an hour um uh he just he just lost control of it and it was close when you went back and looked at the replay it was close to was it enough of a control to be a catch or not. I can see why they made it incomplete. I thought I thought Marquise actually did a great job of having the awareness to go back and pick it up because it very easily could have been called a catch. And I if they had a called it a catch, I don't know that they would have overturned it. I mean I think they were I think it was close enough they probably would have stayed with the call on the field. So of course we want him to get it secured and 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 obviously finish the play and score like he does on that one probably ninety eight times out of a hundred. But uh, I was proud of his awareness to get back on the ball.
2: Yeah, Lincoln, you ran a bunch of power formations, two tights and a bunch of two outs only. I know you've done that some. You seem to do it more Saturday, but do you enjoy – I mean, I know you love offense and tinkering with the offense, but do you enjoy when you get into completely different <coughs> realms like that than, than what your reputation and your background is? Sure.
1: Yeah, I mean – I. Just enjoy doing things at work, you know um that at the end of the day that's that's all we care about so it's been uh it's been fun to see you know jeremiah hall's progression you know and and Carson Meyer both you know the you know guys that that either Carson played a little bit for us Jeremiah played nine you know, and so those guys are are getting better I think we're gaining more confidence in them, and we got on a you know a little bit of a role of a role in that personnel grouping and and you know confidence was high in it, and you know we were able to continually produce so Um, No, I I do, I certainly enjoy, you know, finding any edge that we can and that was uh, an edge for us the other night certainly. Why do you think, why does that work in relationship with the other things you do? Oh, I mean I think it gives gives people different looks, you know, and, and especially when you've got some guys back there that can also catch the football which, you know, they both obviously had big receptions throughout the game. It makes it it makes it tough, you know, it's not something that you see every single day in this league. Um, you know, it gives you the ability to you know, to to kind of lengthen that line of scrimmage where teams can't get penetration and, and, and you get a chance to get your backs downhill a little bit faster. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, I think the key is you gotta be able to continue to do multiple things out of it and, and those guys being able to catch the ball well as well as, as as you know, help us at the line of scrimmage gives you that chance. Brendan Radley Hiles—was his absence last week concussion protocol related, or was it something bigger and kind of along the lines of health? Marquise Brown was a little bit hobbled. Is he? Would you? Is he playing 100% right now? Uh, uh, Bookies is not concussion related, um, but was not not ready to play. Um, so we'll see how he does this week. Uh, Marquise, no, he's he wasn't 100%. He. He certainly uh, wasn't 100 percent here against K State, you know, coming off the TCU game. But he's uh, he was much healthier this week. Was certainly running much better. Got a little he had a, a few cramp issues there uh, late in the game, or I think it was actually after the the play that Dean asked about. Had a little bit of a cramp issue. But but other than that, he's actually he's he's getting better. I would expect he'll be he'll be pretty close here to top speed this week.
3: Terry Lincoln. Uh... You've got the the red shirt, red shirt rule kind of taking effect now in the last four games for some people. How mindful are you and your staff of just kind of going down rosters now and saying, okay, well maybe they have a young athletic quarterback they could put some packages in for, or, you know, do something with a, a running back
0: they haven't played or
1: something. Like yeah, that. no, it's it's we're talking about a lot both from our point of view, which has kind of been a continuous deal throughout the entire year, and then certainly the other teams as well of just knowing. You know, who they have, who they've played, um, you know, you've got to be mindful of it, I mean, without a doubt. It's, it's, uh, it'll be interesting how teams approach it here at the end. I think we all learned and saw different people's strategies early in the season, and then, like you said, what will teams do at the end? Will they trust some of these guys to play in these big, important games? Will they create a package for a guy here or there? It's certainly possible. I think you'll see it some, and uh, so something we got to be prepared for.
2: Coach, how unique is it to have a quarterback <laughs> who just simply trusts the system and throws to the open guy? Especially when you have guys like Marquise, guys like CD that you could conceivably force the ball to.
1: Yeah, it's it's important. I mean, it's it's there's a there's an art to that, you know, because you got to know who your guys are too, and uh, you know the ball. In this offense always does tend to find the best players um, at the same time, if you go overboard with that then then people can key on that and and when you can involve guys like we have, you know we've had so many different guys make big plays for us in the passing game. it makes us tougher to defend it creates those best those better matchups with your better players um and so a quarterback's got to have a feel for that, though. Without a doubt, you know, Kyler's done a pretty nice job throughout the year. I think of moving it around, trusting it, and I think that's why he's played, you know, at the level that he has. Um, adding to Barry's question, you know, you've got QB run game. You're, you've got, I guess, the traditional air raid stuff. You've got the packages Barry was talking about. You've,
3: you've got a little option. You've got so much. What's the balancing act on how much to put in? How do you determine, you know, what can be handled? Is there some genius that you're actually running, you know, only a few plays, a bunch of different ways maybe, and it's not so much, but,
1: I mean, how do you do it? Yeah, no, we're doing quite a bit. I mean, I think that's I think that's fair to say, you know, and it's, for us, it's, you know, it's really two things. It's one, what do we think is the best plan going in for the week? If we, if our players, you know, we're all just top level as far as football intelligence, this or that. If that wasn't an issue, what you know, that's kinda of where we always start. What what would be the absolute dream scheme each week? And you know, that we think is the absolute best and then we start to figure out what they can handle. And then if they can't handle it, then we then we cut it. And then we we have certain numbers that we stick to each week as far as how many plays we want in different situations, different um we kind of give ourselves, we have a little bit of a template that we continually follow. So there's, uh, so we make sure we don't have too much, but we've also got enough, enough bullets in the chamber to, to, to get the job done as well. Couple more,
3: Darren. Lincoln, we were asking you earlier about discipline um, and the, the need for your guys to realize the line between being competitive and having an attitude about you and costing your team 15 yards. You talk about the need to coach it, and you, you, you referenced it after the game Saturday night, but we're you're nine games in now. So is is are we at a point now where you you've coached it enough it's it's on your guys to get it and and carry it out it's really up to them at this No
1: point. no it never it never goes that way because you there's rarely anything that you coach that all right I got this covered the first part of the season I'm not going to worry about this anymore I mean it doesn't whether it's something like that whether it's something schematic you know you're going to get what you emphasize and you've got to continually remind these guys what again off you know off the field on the field scheme technique how you handle yourself carry yourself i mean those those have got to be constant things so yeah, i've always said if we're if we play bad then we coach bad if we play good we coach good i mean we're we're all in this thing together so if we didn't if we didn't do a good job handling ourselves uh or we had some unsportsmanlike penalties or we uh then we got to do a better job coaching it so i mean that's I think the easy cop out is to throw it on them and say hey we coached it they're just not doing it now nah. if you know we're in it together if if they're not, if it's not reaching them then then we got to do a better job and we had like I said we had a couple that's that's why I didn't you know lose my mind about CDs during the game because I saw it and I knew he didn't do anything but that you're going to get some tough ones and so uh, there are some that we did do that we we got to do better we got to coach better it's on all of us
0: uh, what's your thoughts of the play of your secondary this year, and who 's been rating the highest who 's been the most consistent back there
1: <sighs> you know i think we've I think we've taken some steps there uh, without a doubt um, you know Trey Brown has really played well here in the last several weeks you know he He and Norwood have both been very steady for us you know really the whole year they've they've tackled well uh, you know made plays on the ball um, you know been those guys have done a great job. You know, Motley's made the most big plays. Um, you know, I think that one the other night would have been his third interception. He's had several PBUs. Um, uh, I think he's getting more consistent as we go. He's got a. He had some great tackles in the game the other night. He's got to continue to be a more consistent tackler for us. Um, but he he also he he makes a lot of big plays too and game changing type plays as we've seen this year. Um, Safeties have been a little bit of a, it's been a little mixed because we have played so many guys back there, you know, I mean, uh, you know, Buki's played a lot of ball. He's doing some, he's doing some good things for us. I thought he was really starting to settle in, you know, and play pretty well. I thought he played pretty good against TCU. It was off to a great start against Kansas State. So kind of count on him playing some of his best ball here towards the end. Hot and I would put in the same, in that same realm. Uh, Robert Barnes emerging here has been, has been a big plus. Uh, DeLaren Turner-Yale played pretty well for us the other day. Another one of those young guys that you feel like is going to keep making a bigger and bigger impact as we go forward. So um, yeah, we've played a lot of guys, a lot of different lineups. Uh, it's a, still a very young group, but there's some real promising signs. And we're certainly going to need them here You know, with some of these groups we're getting ready to face here the last couple of weeks. Coach, Oklahoma State's made a remarkable turnaround. They're respected by everyone. Great players have been coming through there. Uh, they've even been favored against Oklahoma some. But it's remarkable. Oklahoma's won 15 of the last 17. Can you speak to how something like that can happen? Because that's it's really uh, decisive. Yeah, you know, kind of hard for me, to. You know, I can speak on the last, last three. You know, I mean, it's... Uh, you know they they've been battles. I know that. I mean they've been they've been absolute battles. Uh, you know we've we've had a chance the first couple. We had a chance to separate a little bit in those games. Um, uh, but they've they've always been battles. They've been very intense. You just you could tell you're playing those guys. You're going against a really good team. I mean, I've always felt that in all three. I mean the the team is really coached up. There's really good players. You feel the intensity of the rivalry. Like I said earlier, it's, it's been a game that's been very relevant on the national stage here for the last several years. So you've, you've felt all that. I continue to feel that, and I think that's what makes it the game it is. So, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what's happened before this week. I know that. It's, uh, it'll be a battle like it always is.
2: All right, thanks for joining us for The Game Plan. We have a busy week. Here's what's coming up. Tomorrow you can get the Lincoln Riley Coaches Show. On Thursday, Jessica Cootie's featured podcast. Uh, Friday, we have a triple shot for you. We've got the coach's corner with, I believe it's Jay Bulware and Tim Kish this week. You have the tailgate, Toby. I think Teddy's gonna join us this week. Maybe a little Gabe Iker deciding. And then you'll have the audio version of the scene setter. Plus, on Saturday, as soon as we wrap up with our Sooner Radio Network coverage, you will get the post-game show right here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Again, Pre-game show for the 230 kick against Oklahoma State will hit the air at 1230 live from FanFest presented by Allstate and the Heisman House will be at FanFest so we look forward to seeing you on the corner of Brooks and Jenkins and if you haven't subscribed please go do so any way you consume podcast we make it available Soonersports.tv slash podcast and anything you want to Give feedback on, talk about, have us get into. Please drop us a line at OU on the air on Twitter. So until the Lincoln Riley Coaches Show from Rudy's tomorrow, this is Chris Plank signing off saying have a great week and Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air.